Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran Church in Las Vegas. Our reading today is from John chapter 11, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus. Thanks for listening. Share this message. God bless you. Praise and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, as we watch the news coming out of Eastern Europe, hear of the bravery and resilience of the people of Ukraine and their leaders, we pray. We have folks in this congregation who have family connections there. I know they are praying too. I've been praying that an end to the fighting would come soon, that the people would find safe harbor and refugees would be able to return home. But honestly, I know that God only knows what the outcome will be there in the short term. Conflict has been brewing a long time and it's more complicated than I can grasp from this far away. So for now, I listen to the stories and I look for signs of hope. I appreciated the news this week uh, of a woman who stood up to some of the soldiers from the Russian occupying force. Maybe you saw this video where uh, she approaches the troops asking what they're doing in her country. She tells them to get out and she uses some colorful language, so I'm not showing the video. It's good. She tells them to get out and expresses her resistance by offering them some seeds to place in their pockets. She attempts to give them sunflower seeds to put in their pockets so that when they die in combat, sunflowers, the national flower of Ukraine, would grow. I have not been there, but I learned that these flowers dot the countryside, and they are a symbol of peace. It's a beautiful vision. Peace and flowers everywhere, telling the story of what had been, pushing forth through the soil, symbols of new life. And maybe maybe it's too soon to, to even tell that story. So many are under threat today, right now as we speak. But the promise remains that death is not the end. Our lives are full of events that we wish didn't have to happen, right? Divorce, death, illness, injury. As we grieve, we so often wonder why. And we don't always get an answer to that, so maybe a better question is what now? Because the tragedies we experience can leave us confused and frustrated and afraid. So we turn to scripture for answers. Like the disciples in our story, last week, who asked whose sin was responsible for the man's lack of sight. We want to know the reason for our own suffering and a response to that underlying question, is this my fault? When we're young and we imagine what our lives will look like, loss and pain and struggles are things we know might be possible, but they are usually not what we plan for. Likely, they can become the episodes though that mark our stories and give us direction, insight, and inspire us to growth and service and love. Think about that as I hear this story of Jesus, whose friends send word that their brother Lazarus is ill and near death. I think we find it strange in the story, most readers would, probably from the beginning, that Jesus would delay in going to see his friend, he whom Jesus loved. Well, Jesus gives a similar response here to the one he used to the man born blind. This is for God's glory. 
I don't know how much comfort that gives us in our time of need, but there's a reason, I guess. So after a couple more days, Jesus rallies the disciples, and they are notably worried about going back to Judea, where the religious leaders are already suspicious of him, already trying to have him killed. Thomas speaks up, seeming to show great loyalty, saying, yes, we will go and die with him. When they arrive, we get the note, Jesus goes to meet the sisters. Lazarus had been in the tomb four days, not three, four days. There can be no doubt he's not sleeping. He's really dead. And the King James has, has the best version of this. He's stinking. We know this is for real. Martha voices her concern. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. She couldn't have known what would have happened. But we hear the emotion in her voice. Anger, frustration, grief, and anger. But she longed for Jesus to be here in her time of grief. Don't we want to be near to those we love when we are hurting? We get it. When I was going through a divorce 20 years ago now, my friend Hawk was the first one on a plane to come and just be with me from Florida to Los Angeles. There wasn't much he could do, but it meant everything to me that he was there. And when his mother was dying a few years ago in Sacramento, you know, I was there at our hospital then. Those moments will not be forgotten. Brian Peterson is professor of New Testament at Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary in Columbia, South Carolina. He writes, among us, Jesus' glory is revealed and faith is nurtured, not so often through the dead being restored to life, as it is through being present for one another with patient and fierce love in the midst of our injustice and grief. Patient and fierce love. When we are together, when we show up for one another in our pain, we lift each other up. God's glory gets revealed. Wow. Jesus shows up for his friends. Martha still trusts him, saying, even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him, Lord. She still doesn't quite know what Jesus will do. She's waiting to see him. And she confesses what she has learned. She knows of the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus says more. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Well, do you? Just sit with that for a second. Martha seems to know, but does she believe? What does she believe? Like Martha, we heard this word before. We know the scripture. We've studied it. Maybe you've lived a whole lifetime of faith. You know the promises of Jesus, and maybe you have not really experienced a moment like Martha has. Or maybe your story is full of death and resurrection. Like Martha, we know, but at times we still struggle to believe. So Jesus' words reorient Martha, bring her back to the present, right here and now. Jesus offers life here and now. Patient and fierce love. How better can he illustrate this by raising their brother up from the grave itself? 
So they take the walk out to the tomb, and Jesus weeps. The ones he loves. And the crowd gathers, and they're amazed. They say, see how he loved him. Echoing the invitation from Jesus to the first disciples, they invite Jesus now to come and see. They roll away the stone, and Jesus calls his beloved friend out from the grave. Lazarus, come out! He does. We are in grief, hurting. We wonder, could there have been another way? This have to happen. Why did the one I love have to die? Where was Jesus when I needed him most? We've said that prayer like Martha. Lord, if you would only have been here, even now, so many are hurting. So many refugees fleeing from war-torn places. Syria, Colombia, Haiti, Sudan, Palestine, now Ukraine. They have witnessed suffering we can only imagine. It's a great act of faith, I think, to leave your family, leave your home, the only place you've ever known, and hope to be received in a place you might not speak the language, a place where you've never been. In those cities we hear on the news each evening, husbands and brothers and fathers and grandfathers, friends and loved ones have stayed behind to continue the resistance. And they must be wondering what will happen next. I pray, Lord, if you had only been here, we are wondering too. There's a quote that gets attributed to John Lennon of the Beatles. Maybe he said it, maybe not. Here it goes. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Because we want to know how the story ends. We want to know when the war will be finished and new life will come, when the flowers will pop out of the ground and grow again. The promise of Lent. The promise of Jesus is that it ends with resurrection. From the crushing blow of death, God brings new life. It ends with sunflowers. It ends with Easter. And the one who died being raised up and raising us up with him. The end of death itself. So Lazarus is raised up. He was fully dead and stinking. And after four days decaying, he was not just sleeping. Jesus resurrected him, raised him from the dead, an act of defiance and resistance that would expedite his own persecution, result in his betrayal and arrest and crucifixion. Lazarus' resurrection is the foreshadowing of Jesus' own Easter, and when death will ultimately be destroyed for all who trust and believe in Christ, the one who is coming into the world. Lazarus is alive. They see him come out. They must have been amazed. The people don't just turn around and go home, do they? They're a part of the action as well. And they've been given a job. Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. The whole community is there. And they get to give testimony to what Jesus has done for their neighbor and their friend. Jesus brought him back to life. Lazarus' life on earth then, I guess, would eventually come to its natural end. He would die, but we can only imagine what his life before that would have been like in that in-between time. What story would he tell? 
How would it have changed him and the people he met? And his story would extend for two millennia and be told here in this church today and intertwined with our stories, our losses, and the little and big deaths in our lives. Our stories are not over yet. And as long as we have breath as the beloved and baptized children of the living God, we have already died with him. That's in the past. But now we live in that in-between time with Lazarus and Thomas and the rest of the disciples in the abundant life that Jesus has already promised us. We're here now for a reason. With gifts to share and a promise on our lips that Christ is alive and we are with him. Despite the pain of the world and grief and loss and destruction and war and death, we are alive. We are sent to share this love and grace of Christ in our various vocations, like sunflowers dotting the countryside, proclaiming the gospel with patient and fierce love, abundant and eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, and with him the promise of eternity, peace, and resurrection.